0: Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today and thanks again for taking the time to visit. If I were to hand out some paper and pencil this morning and ask you to define love, what you think love is, I wonder. How many different answers we'd get back in your opinion of what you think love is, whether you feel like it's more emotional, whether you feel like it's more sacrificial, whether you feel like it's more unconditional, whether you feel like it is conditional upon whether you're loved or not. Uh, we'd get varied answers, I'm sure. But if, if it's the scriptures definition of love that matters most, and it should be to us as, as followers of Jesus, um that's what we need to align ourselves with how to define love and what it means and, and how we walk it out. Turn, if you will, to John chapter first John chapter four, in our walk through the Johns. Uh we we looked at John himself in week one saying, Here's what I've seen, here's what I've experienced, here's what I know, and here's why what you're about to read can be trusted. He he shares with us his, his own background, his own experience. Then we looked at how he, he divides first John Uh, anyway, into a group of essentials in the faith. We looked at essential number one being obedience. Essential number two, in our ability to hear the Holy Spirit and understand what he's saying, how he speaks. Essential number three was knowing our identity, who we are in Christ. Consequently, everything else takes a a, a back seat to that. Then then our fourth essential was looking at how love does, how love moves, how love is active. It's not stagnant, it doesn't stay in one place. Then last week, John takes the contrast knob on the TV and turns it up to full, to where there's greater contrast between us and the culture around us. And so here we find ourselves with the definition of what love is in our love chapter 4, 1 John. I'll begin with me in verse 7, and we'll read down through verse 21 together. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, Those who live in love, live in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If we say we love God, Yet hate a fellow believer, we are liars. For if we do not love a brother or sister whom we have seen, we cannot love God whom we have not seen. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love one another. Now five things I want to glean today from this text about what love is. And the first is this, love is at its best in community. Love is at its best in community. Look at verses 7 and 9 against his dear friends. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Verse 8 Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And 9 This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Love one another, he said. In essence, there can't be love without relationship. We can love, we can have affection. For other folks and other things we don't know we can have affection for the nation of israel this morning and what they're going through and knowing that god has his hand on them but we can't love them apart from relationship with them if, if if we say we have love for something he says here and don't know god it's impossible because we have to have relationship with god to understand love and relationship with someone to be able to love them it is through christ that we love others jesus has asked the greatest commandment in matthew 22 what it is and he says in essence I'm summarizing love God love people love me love love others God's love has verse 9 says it's come to be among us meaning this idea of of Emmanuel God with us and showing his love to us did not originate with us but with God and it was prophesied about as I say in Isaiah and in the Psalms as well Um, it didn't just tell us that we should love but have he gave us a model to follow. And this idea of loving in community is exactly what Jesus did. The first thing he he, he does after his baptism is he goes in, into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Comes out of the wilderness and selects 12 ordinary guys to pour love into in, in, in the context of community, in the context of I want to do life with you guys and I want you, to, I want you to have an insider's view of me. I want you to see the things that others can't see and don't see behind the scenes so that you understand what real love is how to walk it out and live it out for each other and for others love is at its best in community secondly i want to see that love is revealed in jesus and revealed in us it's revealed in jesus and in us look at verse 10 this is love not that we love god but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. He sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for sins, this verse says. Love gives, love does. That's what we talked about in in, in essential number four. We'll turn back to chapter 3 and look look at chapter 3, Verse 16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. He says, it, it is sacrificial. It is revealed in Jesus and revealed in us, and it looks like sacrifice. Now, th- now, this idea of atonement has two different meanings depending on whether you're reading in the Old Testament or the New. And the Hebrew word for atonement in the Old Testament has to do with a covering to shield us and protect us from, from things on that's on the outside, wanting to get in. The idea of atonement in the New Testament has to do with this idea of reconciliation, of bringing together what was apart and making them one. This idea of atonement, bringing us into oneness with God. So that, as we see, his, his atoning sacrifice is to cover and protect us and to bring us into right relationship, into oneness in our relationship with, with, with God through, through Jesus Himself. So. He talks about atonement here being complete, meaning that it's not 50-50, it's not half God and half us. It's not even 80% God and 20% us. It is all God and no us. In fact, apart from God, there is no atonement. Apart from the shed blood of Jesus on the cross that we just read in these three verses, there is no atonement. He says no one has ever seen God in verse 12. And that's true until they've seen you. Then they should have seen him in you. that that love should permeate us and our walk and our talk and our our attitudes, our relationships. Uh, We are the revelation of his love for a dying world, whether you realize that or not. And that is testified to by how we love one another. He said that your love for each other needs to be so real, so authentic, and so deep that it's contagious to those outside the faith. I wonder if that's the case today. I wonder if, if you and I love each other as believers such that those outside the faith are wanting to know how can I get in on that I don't I don't even know them but I want in want on some of that what, what they're experiencing love is revealed in Jesus and revealed in us thirdly love is to be confirmed and confessed it's to be confirmed and confessed look at verse 13 this is how we know we live in him and he in us he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the Savior of the world. Many acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. God lives in them and they in God. The Spirit confirms that we are in Him, that we are in Christ, in the Father. Uh, and because that's true, He gives us the ability and the, and the capacity to love. We were empowered to love. <clears throat> in fact, it is, it is on rare occasion that any writer pulls in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit in the same way context, certainly not in the same verse. And here John does that basically to say, you are empowered to love. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit empower you to love beyond your natural ability to love. You get the power to do that from from the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And And that's where our capacity to love comes from. Then he says in verse 14, we're to testify that the world to the world we talked about this last week our coming together around the idea of the gospel. We're to testify to the world, the gospel, and acknowledge, verse 15, to each other that his love is real and that we are empty apart from his love. His love is to be confirmed by the Holy Spirit and confessed by us. And As we receive and understand that confirmation, you are loved by God, by the Spirit in you, as he confirms that. We are then in turn to walk that out, talk that out, to others around us that God's placed within our sphere of influence love is at its best in community it's revealed in Jesus and revealed in us it is confirmed and confessed fourthly love is impossible apart from knowing God look at the latter part of verse 16 it's impossible apart from knowing God it says God is love those who live in love live in God and God in them this is how love is made complete among us so that we'll have confidence on the day of judgment if in this world We're like Jesus. God is love and love is God. If that's true, here's a stark reality that I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago. If God is love and love is God, that's how love is defined. And what is it that a young lost mother who doesn't know Jesus has for her children? Tim, are you saying that a mom can't love her own children if she doesn't know Christ? That's what I'm saying. She can have deep affection, sacrificial affection, even unconditional affection, but she can't love apart from God because God is love. Now, you can agree or disagree with with me, but I, I believe that's what the scripture teaches in this passage this morning that He is the definition of all love. And our ability to love each other comes from Him, our ability to love children comes from Him, our ability to love Him comes from him, because he defines love. He started in verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes where? From God. And in verse 16, God is love. Those who live in love live in God, and God in them. I realize that's a radical idea for you to swallow, but, but considering what the, what the Scripture says today, uh, I believe that's absolutely true. Experiencing that radical and pivotal truth Allows us. it talks about fear. Allows us to take every fear captive. I believe why? Because in God's capacity to love and our capacity to love apart from God, which is which is not there, uh, we are we are oftentimes fearful of what the next, what's around the next corner, and fear hinges on security, and our security is in the love of a father that will never go away. It'll never dissuade. It'll it'll never lessen. Uh, in fact. He wants us to understand his love. Psalm, Psalm 136 mentions love. His love endures forever 20, 25 times, I think. John, First John chapter 4, mentioned, in, in this text we've looked at today, we've seen the word love or a form of it 27 times. It's over 300 times just in the New Testament. I think God wants us to understand love. He wants us to get it. And he wants us to get it. It is, it is impossible apart from him to love as he loves us as he loves us and as he desires for us to love others and to show his love to others. It's impossible apart from knowing God. Love is at its best in community. It's revealed in Jesus and revealed in us. It's to be confirmed and confessed. It is impossible apart from God. And finally, love is given to us to be given away. It's given to us to be given away. Look at verse 19. We love because he first loved us. If we say we love God, Yet hate a fellow believer, we are liars. If we do not love a brother or sister whom we have seen, we cannot love God whom we have not seen. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love one another. He first loved us, it says. Not just before we came to know him, but before we came to be. In fact, Psalm 139 speaks to God's plans for us, his love for us, before we were ever conceived after we were conceived, before we were born in the womb. He sees sees us in the womb, loves us with an everlasting love, a a love that provided a plan of redemption for us before, as I say, before we were ever born. So loving well, especially the unlovable in your life, uh, loving well comes much easier when we see how much we're loved, when we see the, the love God has for us. So why is there this command in verse 21 that we love each other? It is there because... He knows that we better understand how to love when we understand how we are loved. It is far easier for us to, to give and impart and live out and, and uh, unconditionally give love away when we see a picture of how it's given to us beyond what we deserve. And let me just share with you the honest truth today. In this room, none of us are very lovable. On our own, we're just not. Apart from God in us, He, he makes us lovable and says, "Apart from, <clears throat> aside from your own inability to redeem yourself, to make yourself lovable, aside from your inability to do that, I will love you anyway." Now go and love like that. That's that's the testimony of uh, certainly verse, this this entire text and certainly 19 to 21. It is given to us to be given away to say. Here's a picture of how deeply I love you. I sent my son to die for your sins. Now go do that. Not on your own. Not in your own ability to love. Go do that in, in my ability to love in you and through you to others. Well, if love is at its best in community and revealed in Jesus and revealed in us, if it's to be confirmed and confessed, if it's impossible apart from knowing God and if it is to be given, given to us, to be given away, how do we do that? How do we do that? A couple of observations and we're done. First is this. We do that because we got to first of all, stop absorbing this culture's definitions of love. Got to stop absorbing this culture's definitions of love. This culture defines sex as love. It defines the prize, whether it's the prize, that wife, that job, that car, that house, that position, that title, it defines the prize as something to be loved. Uh, that we're only worthy of love if you fill in the if. If we're lovable, if if we're obedient, if we're if we're if we do what the other person wants us to do all the time, that we're only worthy of love conditional in a conditional context. We must first stop absorbing the cultural definition of love. Then we have to understand this: that God loves you period. Not because, not when, not if. God loves you, period. You can do nothing to earn it. You can do nothing to make it better or deeper. He loves you deeply and, and, and sacrificially uh, just because you're you. Not if we love him back. Uh, it's not that conditional. Not, not just if we're good, not just for the ones who get it. He loves us, period. Uh, You say, Tim, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. And I don't. But God does and loves you anyway. He knows every place you've ever been, knows every thought you've ever had, (coughs) knows everything that's come through, that's been processed through your mind, that's healthy and unhealthy, holy and unholy. He loves you anyway. to love like we're loved. Let's pray. Father, would our capacity to love be increased by our understanding of love? Would we leave today better lovers, because we understand how deeply you love us? To what end and what extent you would go, to redeem us, to, to chase us down, to rescue us, to bring us back? All because we're loved, not because we're worthy, but just because we're loved by you? You are loved you are love, and it's impossible for us to love apart from you, help us to see today. as as we realize how deeply we're loved, we're then called, compelled to love others that same way. Not because they're worthy, not because there's anything to gain from us, but because you love us that way. That kind of love's contagious. It's going to change people. It's going to draw people to the Jesus that they see. They may not understand who it is or why it is but they're drawn to the Jesus in us because of our capacity to love has been increased. So as we love that way, and we have to be intentional about it, it doesn't just happen, the enemy will see to that. But as we're intentional about loving that way, would you cause the ripple effect of that, the testimony of that, the witness of that kind of love to be born into a generation behind us and the one behind that one? I don't want behind that one. Such that we grow lovers to come behind us to love well. That we grow our own capacity to love well as we live live your love out for us. Now, we've heard some things today that should change us. Whether they do or not depends on us. Doesn't depend on the enemy leaving us alone because he's not going to doesn't depend on a deeper understanding of Scripture because that may or may not be there for us. It comes on our obedience to truth. And the truth is, you are loved and love us unconditionally and beyond our capacity to to fathom. That tomorrow should change how we view this world. Our family, money, marriage, time. Your love for us ought to reflected in all, in all those things. In fact, it ought to reprioritize what we do with marriage, family, money, and time. It ought to shape the differences that we have with people in relationships. It ought, it ought to reshape conversations that we have with folks. because we, All because we realize how deeply we are loved and how deeply we are called to love. Now stir that up in us tomorrow. Stir that up in us as we leave this place today. That we love our spouse more deeply, our kids more deeply, people that work more deeply, folks that are hard to love more deeply, because you love us deeply. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.